0: Welcome back, everyone, to Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Introducing, gentlemen, the Lawn Mower 3.0. Just let that paint a picture for a second. Guys, you know you want to keep your palace down there prim and proper, so the Manscaping trimmer is now available for purchase. The leading cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents and right now you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code believe at manscaped.com that's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using b-l-e-a-v believe do yourself a favor just before valentine's day clean it up down there get it shorn get it short get it clean get it proper with lawnmower 3.0 manscaped.com welcome everybody once again my name is joy christopoulos thank you so much for joining me had a fantastic little break after the Super Bowl. Won $240 on my square sheet, on my prop bets. Thank you so much for tuning in the last episode. Hopefully we won you guys some money because some of those actually hit. Today we're going to go a little around the world. We're going to talk about all our favorite Chicago teams, where they are, where they're going, what's going on. And we're going to begin today with hockey. We're going to hit it real quick. As mentioned last time on the podcast, the Hawks couple points out of the wild card about a week and a half ago. Had a really, really tough schedule coming up over the next month or so. Playing over 500 teams left and right. Had a five-game Canadian swing that they're in the midst of right now. And, guys, it's not going so great. The power play still sucks. And let's be honest, they're blowing their chance at the wild card right now. And they only have six games to go before the trade deadline. What does a team like this do? I mean, they're only a couple of points away from possibly being at the bottom of the Western Conference. Are they going to make the playoffs? Are they going to make a push? Could they even, if they make the playoffs, be a threat? It's tough to say. The schedule has been a total beast. It's not going to get any easier. And at this point, you know, Robin Leonard, what are you going to do with him? He's going to be a free agent coming up at the end of this season. Could they trade him, get some assets for him now if they decide to bail? Or do they try and just play a whole thing out and see how it goes? It's not looking great right now, Blackhawks fans. I mean – Outside of an offensive surge and some sort of rush right now to hop back into it, there's nine different teams right now fighting for that wild card spot that aren't just the Blackhawks. It's going to be tough moving forward. We'll see how it goes. We're going to keep you posted on that. Also at the UC, our Chicago Bulls. If you guys remember a couple podcasts ago, there was a 14-game stretch coming up for the Bulls. It began in January that saw them play a lot of sub-500 teams. In that span, they had already lost Wendell Carter, they had already lost Otto Porter, they had already lost Daniel Gafford, and in that span, they lost Markinton and Chris Dunn. They've been playing under man now for several weeks, and over their last sixteen, they've gone six and twelve. They d- did manage to get it up to six and six, which was solid. That would have kept them in the eighth playoff seed, but now they've lost six in a row. It's been really tough, guys. Their play coming out of the second half has just been atrocious. Over the last four three quarter third quarters getting outscored 120-89. to They're only four and a half games out of the eighth seed. Could be kind of nice if they made it right. It'd be a nice little feather in the cap, especially for Zach Levine in particular. But guess what? They're also only five games out of the worst record in the Eastern Conference. So they're right there in no man's land. Which would you prefer? They're saying that this draft coming up is actually a weak class of prospects coming up. But, I mean, what's the difference at this point? Whether they make the playoffs, can they even get any of their guys back and really, what is the this spell for Zach Levine and company moving forward? Zach Levine, I, I've been out there. I've been honest about it. I don't really like Zach Levine a whole lot. I don't think he's an A-type player to lead a team. I do think that he's an interesting number two or number three piece on a playoff team. But where is that number one or number two piece going to come from? Until then, it's him. So building the team around Zach Levine is not necessarily a recipe for success for me. And – I've been trying to think about it because I've been hating on Levine for so long. Why am I doing that? Trying to objectively rationalize. And I will say a couple of things. The first is that when we made the trade with him and Jimmy Butler, I think it's safe to say now him averaging 24 points a game, the fact that he can get hot, and let's be real, the dude can shoot, and when he gets hot, he will not miss for long stretches at a time. And I think the player that he is now, and the player that he could continue to progress to be, has exceeded the expectations from when we brought him over via trade. Now the other two pieces: Chris Dunn is hurt right now after having a pretty solid start to his season. Laurie marketing has taken a step back, and now he has a stress fracture in his pelvis. What is it with this guy? He cannot simply stay on the court. But for Zach Levine, it's still going to kind of be the same old story. You know, he's going to be a scorer. He's done a little bit better of creating for his teammates, but. He's gone from two seasons ago, he was the 490th best defender in the NBA. Last season, he was the 470th best player. And this season, guys, he's really he's really tightened the screws. He's up to 400th. He's the 400th best player, defensive player in the NBA right now. Cue the Forrest Gump music of triumph and just joy. I don't really know what to say. I mean, we're at the point now where – Levine is the only guy that's, like, dragging them to 100 points every single night. I mean, if you're watching these games right now, and it's got to be tough, you're asking yourself, you know, how high is Luke Cornett's ceiling? That's where we're at right now. There's just too many guys hurt. And when those guys do come back, are we all of a sudden going to turn it on and play great basketball? We weren't with them in the lineup from before. So it's not looking good on the Bulls' side either. Sort of getting to the point where I'm having a hard time tuning into the games, I would say from a betting angle right now. You know, they're super tough to bet on. Losing six in a row, they are going to pick up a win in these next couple of games. Just mark my words. It'll happen. They do play the Knicks in about three or four games. Mark that down. That's a great game to bet on because they are going to pick up a win. For the most part, though, if you're looking for action, I would be betting against the Bulls. I'd be betting against them in the third quarter. They've just come out flat every single time. You know, we've gone on and on about the joke that is the coaching staff. But it's really just – it's just – it's – Just a gathering right now. It's a gathering storm of just different kinds of problems. You know, Zach Levine scored 41 points the other night. That's the only way they're going to stay in games. I'm just not really liking what I'm seeing from them. Not a big surprise there. And that stretch, I called it. They didn't really make any hay. They didn't even play 500 basketball during that time. And you just got to ask yourself, is it going to happen then? No. Well, is it ever going to happen? Probably not. Let's move on. Let's talk about some Bears real quick. Now, we're going to be getting into more detail about the Bears coming up over the next few weeks because free agency is right around the corner. Just kind of skimming the different rumors, different talk out there. There is a lot of stuff, and the Bears are a team looking to change their offense in the offseason, so they're ending up in every single rumor that you could possibly imagine. I mean, there's a rumor out there that the Dallas Cowboys would trade – him to the Bears for a first-round pick so they could sign Tom Brady. There's a rumor out there that Jameis Winston could possibly be a fit on the Chicago Bears. There's obviously the rumor that's been going on for a while that Andy Dalton might like to play now that Mike Lazor, his former offensive coordinator, is now on the staff. All these things are kind of up in the air. But I do have to kind of pause and sort of ask myself this question. You know, is it backwards thinking? Are we thinking too much like Bears fans? I know Trubisky has been bad. But his cap hit right now is just so, so reasonable and advantageous right now for the Bears. They need help in other areas. They need help on the offensive line. Do they go after a top-notch guy like Trent Williams? Do they go after a second-tier guy like Quentin Spain, a guard on the Bills, who had a good season last year? And if you could plug him in, might he he be able to improve the run game? Can we spend money in other places? We need a tight end very badly. I mean, are we really going to dip an extra 10, 11, 12 million dollars more into a backup quarterback? You can't do that because Mitchell Trubisky's only making 9.5. Are you really going to outpay him and then just give Trubisky the starting job? That doesn't make any sense. And granted, 15 to 20 million dollars on your quarterback is still on the very, very low end among you know the the rank and file of NFL teams. But I would just wish that we would spend our money and just put throw our chips in the middle of the table with Trubisky and just ride or die, baby. It's either going to happen this year or it's not. I've said a while, Trubisky right now, he is in the process of either writing his check or writing his tombstone. And right now, he's got the chisel out on that tombstone, and he's hacking away a little bit. But if you give him more pieces, is it possible that we could play more complimentary football with a running game, and perhaps he could possibly play better? A lot of free agent tight ends, guys. There's a lot of them out there. You know, the Bears have been linked to almost everybody. Some of the guys – let's start with some of the guys that I don't like. The Bears have been linked a lot to Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron, a little bit older, professional. He goes to different teams. He makes an impact right away. Finished the IR with a foot injury. A lot of people sort of question of whether that was a behind-the-scenes thing or whether he was actually hurt or not. If it is really a foot injury, you got to pause right there. If you're going to give a guy some money, you got to make sure that he is on the field next year, which a guy that I like, like Hunter Henry, for example – I would love to have him on the team, but then, again, there's a health question. He seems to have some sort of injury. The more snaps that he plays on the field, the more susceptible he is to going down with an injury. And you need a guy that's a little bit more durable. A guy that I like a whole lot, Austin Hooper, he's the pie in the sky, right? I mean, the Falcons are going to do everything they can to either franchise him, lock him up, do whatever. But if he hits the open market, he would easily be my number one choice. And then there's a couple interesting names out there. You know, on the lower end of things, what do the Steelers do with Vance McDonald? Do they bring him back necessarily? Tandem him with Trey Burton, and you could have a very, very interesting situation very quickly on the offensive end, doing a little chip, doing a little run. He can, he, he's great with Yak. McDonald can really run once he gets the ball into his hands. There's other guys out there like Jacob Hollister, too, as well. You're thinking Seattle's going to want to try and bring him back no matter the cost. But, again, if he hits the open market, very interesting guy, too, as well, that can plug in right away. You know, you're keeping Trey Burton. You just kind of need something a little bit extra. I mean, if you want to dip all your money into either the offensive line or tight end, I say go for it. Pick one and just go for it. There's other names out there like Greg Olson, a little bit older. I don't know how I feel about that, especially with the uncertainty of Trey Burton's availability. Um, when he is on the field and healthy, obviously he showed in the first six games two seasons ago that he can be a number one tight end. But you need a guy that's on the field all the time. Can Olsen be that guy? I mean, he has the talent and the skill from previous years past, but a bunch of injuries at the tail end of his career. Can he do it? Jason Witten, the same thing. You know, you're really bringing him in as a glorified blocker and a guy that you could possibly target in the red zone. Is that exactly what they need when they're talking about improving the offense for the Chicago Bears? Not sure. And then the names out there, Charles Clay, ay ay Tyler Eifert, been hurt the last few seasons. Can you trust him? Darren Fells caught a bunch of touchdowns on the Texans but didn't really do a whole lot else. Basically, just a big body that got open that Deshaun Watson found open. We're looking for a guy with a little more athleticism, a guy that can be schemed open. My hope is the Bears dip into offensive line and tight end. In terms of the draft, I hope they do go with the offensive line. I've talked in the past before, taking tight ends early in the draft are just really tough, especially when you have a window where you need to win right now because basically, rookie tight ends, they don't produce in the first year. Look back through history. It is hard, hard, hard to find a rookie tight end that makes a huge impact right away. There is a learning curve there. In terms of the backup quarterback, it's looking like Mariota to me personally. All the signs point to it you can get him on a cheaper deal. He is a guy that obviously pushes Trubisky, has a bit of pedigree, but nothing that's really going to scare you. And if you did bring him into a game, at least you have this concept of hope that he could possibly make some plays and make some things happen, especially if you get around to those extra complimentary pieces. We're going to get a lot more into the Bears, just some rumors and things going on. A lot of this stuff is going to be thrown out there the next two or three weeks. And before things get You know, too crazy on the hypotheticals. I want to get a little bit closer to free agency before I start kind of making my predictions. But those are just some of the guys that I'm thinking about, some of the guys that I like right now. Let's go to the Diamond, the White Sox. Not a whole lot for me on the White Sox right now. You know, the buzz continues to grow. Pocota, which brings out its projections, they do um, mathematical algorithm-type models every single season to see which team is going to win how many games each season. They typically do a pretty good job to the point where now they have a claim, and people look to that as a kind of early precursor of what a team could possibly look like. And Pocota has the, uh, the White Sox in that 80-game range, 80-82 to 82 wins this season. And I think that's a fair goal to put out there. Especially, I mean, that would be a 12-11-game impro- improvement from last season. So, I mean, that would still be a definitive step forward. But for me and the White Sox, I'm just fascinated to watch all these pieces together. You know, I don't, I'm not into this proclamation stuff. I just kind of want to see them all hit together, you know. I want to see Robert hit, you know, in the second inning after Moncada's hit a home run in the first inning. You know, I, I want to see Eloy Jimenez up at the plate with runners on first and third with only one out and see him do some damage. I still have the same concerns that I had about a month ago about just general lineup balance, whether they can find the right combos at the top of the lineup, right combos at the bottom of the lineup, who can thrive down there, you know, who can kind of turn the lineup over a little bit. That's going to be all in the manager, Ricky Renteria, and how he handles that starting staff too as well. I'm still looking at those areas of the 5th to 7th inning teams that are 500 teams or trying to become 500 teams – those are the type of decisions as a manager you gotta hit on. You gotta get them right and create the right matchups to get you through to the later innings. Because Kalame is still, in my opinion, a top notch col- closer and should be this season. So let's just see how it goes, guys. They're young kids. Let's just watch them in spring training, see some of bats, and get excited. You know Abreu is going to be there. You hope and Edward Encarnacion is going to be there. Uh, you, you know you think Grandal is going to be solid. You hope Mazzara bounces back. And with the rest of these kids, let's just see what happens. You know, let's see Mankata do it again. Let's see Tim Anderson maybe not achieve batting title status this season, but let's see him, you know, let's see him at least take that step forward of solidifying the consistency in his game. Let's see him hit 290 and still hit 25 bombs. It's going to be exciting to watch. And then finally, how do we leave a Believe in Betting Chicago podcast without talking about the Cubs real quick? And the KB trade rumor story, it rages on. It doesn't go away. And at this point, for me personally, as a fan and as a person that tries to analyze and see what would be best for my team to have the most success this season. At this point, the only trade that makes sense would have to have Nolan Arenado coming to the Cubs. And my whole question is, I, I've tried to be able to talk myself into the concept of KB for prospects to Atlanta for, you know, Austin Riley or Max Freed to the Phillies for their third baseman. Um, bomb and one of their top pitching prospects so on and so forth but here's my thing is these players are already reporting to camp people i mean we're, we're doing long toss out in the outfield people are starting to put on the uniform and you're telling me that as a front office coming into this season with a brand new manager and david ross the front office is going to allow kb their former mvp a guy who helped them win a world series come into camp put on the cubby blue and then all of a sudden just trade him for a bunch of prospects. Twofold, what does that do to a clubhouse? What kind of pressure does that automatically put on whoever is brought in? The clock is already ticking on that. You would want to bring these guys in and have the players, and at least you know they have to react to that in the clubhouse. How do they react? Give them some time to kind of process and be like, this is the team that we have. But if you do that kind of upheaval, and move KB for prospects and look towards the future, that puts a dark cloud over the season before you even throw pitch one. And we're getting to the point now where, I mean, it's either going to happen or it's not. Granted, KB can still be traded during the season. That is definitely a possibility, depending on how they play this season. But they got to make a move, and they got to decide, and they should just come out and say it, hopefully, very soon. Now, Nolan Arenado on the Cubs... Gosh, how do I not talk myself into that, right? Losing KB would be awful, but Nolan Arenado, with a guy who is on a contract, you don't have to worry about it, great defensive player, slugger, good dude, perhaps a better hitter than KB. I can wrap my head around that very, very quickly. And it's just getting – and each day that passes, I do want to see KB come back on the Cubs – He's a fantastic player. I still have high hopes for this season. Pocota has them winning 85, which is actually a surprise to me because everyone thinks that they're going to take some sort of step back. And 85 is still very solid. Keep in mind they won 84 last season when Pocota thought they would win 79 to 80 games. And that 84 came with a nine-game losing streak in September when Rizzo had one foot and Javi was hurt. You know, Kimbrell was on and off the DL all the time. I mean, so that was a team that easily could have won 90 games last year. 85 maybe is that step back, but if you can get a couple more, you're right back in playoff contention, people. So we have to play this very, very, very carefully. And it's tough. It's really tough just kind of wrapping my head around. I want to see KB on the Cubs. I want us to have success. I want us to make one more run, deep run, with him into the postseason because it is becoming clearer and clearer by the day that his days on the Cubs are just numbered. And that's not because the club wants to trade him. That's because KB... (coughs) will go to free agency no matter what and the chances of him of the Cubs getting outbidded for his services are very highly likely It just does not seem like you know in the business aspect of things KB has the Cubs as a future which is a shame as a fan you would always like to think that if they sign for a few million less they would be always be able to make that up in goodwill in different ways and I'm not just saying like Benny's uh, (laughs) Benny's advertisements and those kinds of dollars. I just mean, when you're with the franchise for that long, we would worship you, KB, for the rest of your days. You would have a statue. Try and put a price on that. You'll never run out of money, buddy. Trust me. You just never will run out of money. But Scott Boris is his agent. It looks like he's going to free agency. And, you know, how many more days are we going to get to enjoy him in a Cubs uniform? It's tough to say. I hope we have a few more. And if we don't, it it better be Arenado. And if it's prospects at this point, watch out. Watch out, because that is a tough pill for a team to swallow, taking a huge player off the team and bringing two younger guys in and just hoping that it's all going to work out. And not fair on those young guys to prove themselves right out of the gate. Austin Riley came out and was gangbusters last season. People were picking him up off the waiver wire left and right, and then he kind of cooled off a little bit. The dude needs some at-bats in the major leagues. He needs to probably make some mistakes, have a one for 12. you know. And if he comes to the Cubs, God forbid he has that one for 12 in April. Cubs fans will bury him and that's not fair to him and this is all now a timing aspect you know you got to think about the future I get it but you got to think about this season too as well because you still got some great players on this team you got a new manager that in theory could possibly get you a few more extra wins just based on new blood fresh juice you got to be able to do the smart thing and at least play for this season and try and make it competitive because he's still got some good players on this team. You think John Lester wants to go out and have a crappy year this year? You think Kyle Hendricks wants to pitch like shit like the way he did on the road last season? I mean, you Darvish wants to put a good season together. Tyler Chatwood has a lot to prove. And you know who else has a lot to prove? Mr. September himself, Jose Quintana, who was so awful in September last season that he's completely eroded any sort of trade value that he's had all off season, there's a lot to play for on the Cubs a lot to think about so they better figure this out soon and if Aaron Otto comes in maybe that is a boost that kind of brings all this stuff back together and maybe KB, KB staying is the type of thing that brings all this stuff back together and they go back to fundamental baseball and playing for each other but I tell you right now once spring training gets started and it's already rolling all these guys get together KB puts on the Cubby Blue and then he gets traded for prospects it's not a good look and not a great way to start the season. Those are my thoughts. Thank you so much for joining me here on Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joy Christopoulos. Again, 20% off. If you go to manscape.com and type in the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and you also get free shipping. So that's nice, guys. Just before V-Day. Valentine's Day, that is. Make sure it's all trimmed. Make sure it looks good. Make sure, you know, if you want to do some shapes, if you want to do some origami down there, go nuts. Make yourself, uh, you know, make yourself do, make yourself feel good. Do what you gotta do, and then just look at the mirror for a while, like a real creep. Manscape.com. That's my promo. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. I'm gonna come back very, very, very soon. We're gonna have some more guests. We're gonna dive more into Bears free agency. But for now, you guys just enjoy the week. I'm out.